I, <laughs> we I should always say, record the I was audio. Say, that chest. would be kind of fun. And do you think anybody would actually want to hear this on Patreon? Like, I, if we just put all this extra random crap that happens you know, before the show. If they just heard Jeff burping, they'd probably <laughs> unsubscribe. Actually, no, wrong. I would pay more money to hear Jeff burping in a life. Do it, Jeff. Let it rip. <laughs> Oh, I can't do it on command now. Oh, performance issues. I understand. Every man goes through them. What's really great is that we're just sitting there like watching TV or something, and I haven't realized he's having some sort of bubbly beverage, and he'll be on the other end of the couch just, ah! And I'm like, all romance is gone. I love it when I hear someone burp, and and I I look at Savannah, I'm like, weak. <laughs> weak. Doesn't matter like how great it was. It doesn't matter how weak it was. It's, yeah, it's just always weak. Yeah, I, we have a meeting every morning, and one of my coworkers just sat down this morning and just let one rip, and I'm like, <laughs> "All right then." Okay. <laughs> She's like, "Excuse me," I'm like, "Whatever." They, they like farted. No, they they burped. Burped. Oh, I was right gonna there. say, dude. Sometimes I'm like driving down the road, and I'll fart. Oh, and it's so bad. <laughs> you like, like almost kill yourself. I'm kind of car. going unconscious, like driving down the road. It's like one of those. I have to roll the window I, down for myself. I'm, <laughs> I'm losing consciousness so fast, I can't hit the the thing. That can't hit the window. The methane and, has just replaced all the oxygen. Just, in the so, just imagine like me <laughs> looking looking into my car, and you see my head like slowly like sinking down, like <laughs> over and over, trying to keep myself awake from my own gas. <laughs> Wow, oh, yeah. that is really bad. It's, oh, it's, oh, real, it's I've gnarly. Had some, I've had some it's bad ones though. on the road, and I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm alone in the car right now, because I would feel really bad if yeah. other people were in the car with me. I appreciate you controlling yourself <laughs> when I'm in there. My dad used to say if he farted, he would claim it, because he doesn't want other people taking credit for it. <laughs> All right. I got, the, I got those genes. Yeah, he's there like, that's go. a moi. Yeah. <laughs> Myself. Jeff, this is the show, just so you know. I was, uh, I'm fine oh, with gosh. It. This is going to be a fun show. Do we right. need, Wait, right. should we have Jeff do the do hello the and welcome to Huzzah? Because I normally do it and everything's all topsy-turvy mm. upside down right now. Oh, gosh. I don't even remember That's what Halloween. you all say. <laughs> it's Halloween. Everything's topsy-turvy. It is all, everything uh-huh. is topsy-turvy. I don't know the full saying. <laughs> you say it all the time. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, ready? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, repeat after me. Okay. Uh, hello. Hello. And welcome to... And welcome to Huzzah! <laughs> yeah, you gotta do the fist pump with it or it doesn't really work. Yes, D&D Beyond the Rules. D&D Beyond the Rules. Where we are teaching... Where we are teaching new players how to play... And entertaining... And entertaining... Veteran players. Veteran players. Yeah! And... and uh, hold on. Um, and we're so glad to have you. We hope you enjoy the show. We're oh, so glad to have you. And we hope you enjoy the show. Did I get it right? You got it all right, but you left out the... Basically, we're talking about everything oh. except the, rule, or the rules, rules and, and the, the dice. dice. High Dang five. it. All right. High five. Jeff, are you ready? We're going to do this. Oh, we're going to get it right. Are you ready? Right. Ready? Oh, you want me to do it all by myself? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Huzzah, a show about D&D Beyond the Rules. We teach new players how to play while entertaining veteran players. Basically, we're talking about everything but the rules and the dice. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the show. Previously on Huzzah! Our heroes have returned the crown, but it is revealed that it has been cursed. Evidence points to a drow plot. They brought the crown to Elwyn Glowstrider, a member of the Druid Council. Before the curse can be examined, they have come under attack. Dun-dun-dun!
So I'm not allowed to talk about my old character, uh, Durbles, right? No. <laughs> yeah. No. I well, mean, you, we're fine with it, but you have students it, that are going to find students you. students might uh, have questions. Yeah, I might get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not going to bring it up. I'll, yeah. I'll leave it out. Do we want to move the mic back a little so you don't have to like lean around to be in the pop filter? Or uh, I mean, I don't, I don't care. I was just asking. I can, here we go. This okay. is good. This is good. All right. So this is a show, I think. This is a show. Wait, I thought you were spookily advertising. Are you not Am spookily, spookily advertising? Are you, 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 well, you, I can do it later. Okay. Oh, okay. You, I can do it later. The beauty part is... He doesn't have to go anywhere to record it. Yeah, I can self-promote whatever I want. <laughs> like, whatever I freaking want yeah, to. this is great. This is going to be fun. Perfect. Perfect. So you guys are over at my place. Yes, uh, we are. I live with three other people. Mm-hmm. We're all roommates. Um, this house is surprisingly empty for having four grown humans and I, BT dubs. I'm actually really surprised about that. Yeah, that is a new development. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, this is it. And this is the show. We have two mics. We have to share one. Yep. Mm. Um, we're not very rich yet. <laughs> yet. Yes, yes that's the key, the key word. Yet. <laughs> and, and to clarify a little for your mental picture, like I thought that was hilarious. It's like, we have two mics. We have to share one. So I'm picturing three people just all crowded around this one mic, like, trying desperately to fit their heads like, that is in this one square man's, foot. That is a like, podcast rig <laughs> yeah. there. But we actually, we have two mics, and we have Jeff on one, and then me and Joseph on the other, because that's how it normally works, because the DM has, like, super secret information that the players aren't supposed to see. We should set the bar really low and tell people that we all record on, like, a cell phone. Yeah. And when they hear the show, they're like, man, this sounds, like, really good. But it's a, Motorola, like, it's a Motorola Razor from edit. the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it's on a Motorola. Oh, no, it needs to be a BlackBerry. We need a BlackBerry. No. Yeah. Oh, I'm not that good of an editor. No, 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 no. It's the Razor. Remember, the Razor was the big one. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of those. I liked my Razor. I thought it was a very nice phone. It was a nice phone for the time they're coming back though i think they just re-released the razor or something did like they? that i thought i thought i, I saw something about that. that like a couple months but ago. but how the, cool the did you feel when back. your phone rang and you like flipped it open like switch blades oh god like, yeah and you, but, and you could also close it as hard as you wanted right? to. yeah you could i remember like i was a kid and i would slam it i would like take my hand and like swing it as hard but as it, it made you feel important you know like you did something super important it just right? never broke and that, then that, one day it did break i got off the bus Aww. And I remember dropping it, and it had like my uh, okay, guys, don't don't judge me, all right. But it had like my Owl City music on there, and I love I, Owl City. I couldn't buy music, so I had to right. like record it on my phone oh, and wow. listen to it. That yeah, so like a next gen mixtape. I do remember thing. the first time I could put songs on my phone. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was like the biggest oh, yeah. deal in the world. Did you use LimeWire? Uh, no, I did not use LimeWire. Mm. I used what was it? What was the service we used? We had like a kind of an in-house network in our wasn't, dorms in college. Wasn't there one called like, uh, hold on, Nebo, Nebo or no? What was it? Uh, yeah, there was. Oh, gosh. oh gosh, I forget what it was called. Well, Napster was the original. Napster, Napster was the original. Oh. That got shut down pretty and fast. And there was that whole scandal about stealing music and, and, and etc. And then, uh, but in college, our dorm kind of had uh, a, its own network mm-hmm. and. We kind of just shared music amongst yeah. ourselves because we didn't care. I kind of missed the whole music thing, but for me, it was texting. Like, do you remember when you had to text on a keypad? So if you oh, wanted yeah. that S you had to work for, you got to click that sucker four times. Then there's oh. like, you got to go down space, oh, yeah. then you got to go back up. Yeah, yeah. no, like, uh, like G- Gen Z's right now. I, I hate to sound like that guy. But, but we are that guy. But I'm, I'm going to sound like that guy for just a second. If I, w- I will have major respect for a Gen Z. If they can learn, if they can just tell me like out of nowhere, hey, 
Joseph, I learned how to type in T9. I'd be like, hold on. How do you know how to do that? How do you even like get a device that does that? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't what? understand what is T9. T9, that's the... That's uh, oh, is that the text yeah, thing? Yeah, like one oh. is ABC... Yeah, 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 dude, I was so good at it. I had it memorized. Mm-hmm. Like I knew how many clicks on which. Like it was, it was muscle memory. I could do it. Didn't I even could, have to. I look. could still do it. Oh, well, yeah. nice. What yeah. was impressive is the people <laughs> we just who high five. By the way, because yeah. we're cool. We we do T nine over here. <laughs> yeah, we do. Get because on our get on see, our level. Me, we are it, that it, retro. Took, it, it took me five minutes to write like one sentence. Then I get a paragraph back from somebody in like two minutes, and I'm like. What in the world what are, are you, you doing, doing over there? <laughs> well, and now they have like cell phones. The uh, so I don't know. I, okay, so I'm like pure iPhone. So I've only ever owned iPhones after your um, razor. Whew, I think so. Mm. Yeah, it's around there. And so when I got my first iPhone, I've only ever known that. But they have some where you can just like drag your finger across the screen and mm-hmm. it'll type the words oh, yeah. as you go across the keyboard. Samsung sanity yeah. to me. That's you so have that? cool. What, is, yeah, so what kind of phone do you have? Uh, Samsung. It's a Galaxy. Galaxy. What? Yeah, I think yeah. it's anything. I think it's just a setting on your keypad. Oh, I so think it's it's, like, a, it's it's definitely an Android feature. Like, if I remember. Um, do you like it? I do if I'm like, I do in certain situations. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like it gets frustrating. Like it just doesn't, it's not working. It's not typing what I want to type. Like, um, but yeah, see, you can just do that and you don't even have to hit space. So it just, what? Uh, yeah, so I, I find it's it's best if I'm not trying to do something else. Like if yeah. if I'm sitting somewhere, I can like do the little draggy thing. But right. like if I'm so trying to walk somewhere, I really just have to. There's do no bed. passive like texting where you can't like you're like walking down the road and or walking down the road. What are you talking? About? We live in Georgia. We drive everywhere. I know. <laughs> like, you know, like walk. You're, you're like walking. You're like distracted and you choose not to look at the phone mm-hmm. like you can't just like do it from muscle memory no it's not that no. easy no because it's, it's just all so flat like there's yeah. no reference point at all interesting so. wow so anyways we actually have joseph on on the show today that was a good segue i was just realizing i don't think we, we haven't introduced, introduced anybody <laughs> guys i can jump right into uh, yeah it. Like, yeah I'm joseph uh our, who is our producer and uh the founder of bookshop stoked. media so yeah that's uh, me. Yeah, that's, yep. uh, we're really excited. Uh, Joseph's listened to us talk about D and D for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna have him on. We're gonna talk storytelling because Joseph's making movies. Woo-hoo! Yeah, so I'm working <laughs> on my very first feature film um, right now. I wrote it as a short, and based on some advice and uh, the funding and blah blah blah. Uh, it's sort of turned into. Um, I have to basically rewrite the short into a feature, right. but. Now that I've got the funding based on the short film, the advice that I got was you need to go bigger. Like you've already got this, so you why not go to feature? All right. And so now that's kind of where we're headed. Um, but at the same time, Bookshop is in a really cool place because we've got this show, Huzzah, D&D Beyond the Rules, mm, with right. the coolest people I, I know. <laughs> um, and if it weren't for you guys, like really, like Bookshop wouldn't be as cool as it is. And then there is Neighbors and Wanderers, which is... Uh, my friend Rachel Reagan. Also very cool. She, Fantastic show. Rachel Reagan is my best friend. She is my associate producer for the film coming up. And not only that, but she is also an actor here in Atlanta. And she is easily the single most talented and uh, has the largest resume of any person I've ever met. Because she Always. is she is literally everything. She's a musician, a teacher. She's got multiple degrees. She is... She knows a little bit of... You could ask her about anything, and she knows something about it. Like, I don't know how people can do that, but 
Rachel Reagan is that person. Holy moly. And of course, she is also the host of, and now she's a podcaster. Yeah. Yeah. So she does that too. Yep. Writer, podcaster, associate producer, uh, actor. She has been my assistant director before. Um, Good heavens. Yep. So I am. You go, girl. I am very, very lucky to know her. Yeah. Well, I got some work to do if I'm going to catch up. Right, I know. There, I'm going to tell you now, there's no, I have to catch up. I, yeah. I can't do it. Like, it's not possible. She, um, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I am, I've sort of surrounded myself with a lot of people um, who are extremely talented. You two easily are the nicest people that I know. Aww, and I think people are lucky to know you through this show because... You said it yourself, Jocelyn, like when you go to a, a, a tabletop game for the first time mm-hmm. and you don't know what to do, it, it feels bad oftentimes. Like mm-hmm. there are those instances where you just get that negative energy mm-hmm. and or negative comments yeah, and it makes you kind of run away a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you two are the polar opposite of that. Like you are the uh, best threshold for entry when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons or tabletop games or nerd culture in general. And that's why Bookshot Media is like the place I, I, like, I will do whatever I have to do to keep you guys. Aw, huzzah! Oh, yeah, Dare yeah. I say it. <gasps> Always. Mm-hmm. Hooray! Huzzah. So, um, so you're writing a, a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about storytelling and, okay. and how your type of storytelling differs mm-hmm. from the way I tell a story in a D&D game. Okay. Because I have to write it a little different. My mm-hmm. characters can actually change the story. Mm-hmm. Your characters are kind of locked in place. They oh. have an arc, but it's mm-hmm. not like your actor is going to come in and go, I want my character to do that instead. Well, I don't know. That's kind of a question. Like, I know you make a lot of decisions as you're writing the story for this character and how you want them to develop, but mm-hmm. you're also the director on this um project right mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah i'm directing and producing it and right. i'm writing it mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're all the things i'm all the things all the things yeah. but so like if an actor goes into you know the starring role or whatever and he says what if we did it this way like i mean how much feedback would you take or how much would you want somebody to try to so traditionally the director is what people think a director is is actually the director of photography oh okay so let, i think that's a good starting point mm-hmm. for that particular yeah. thing um, when you are looking at talent and f- trying to figure out how did they get to that point, what, what is their process, all mm-hmm. that stuff, the director has something in mind, and oftentimes he is working with the talent to achieve that goal. Okay. So if the talent comes up and says, hey, I'm kind of thinking about doing this, typically speaking, that is not necessarily their role. Mm. Um, a, a, actors and actor actresses are there to achieve the goal of the director. Okay. So if the director says um, that the scene calls for passion, that's pretty vague, but the director can also get really in-depth, and the actor is there to interpret the script based on face value. Okay. And their initial sort of... um, Run through impression, or... yeah, mm-hmm. and then the director is going to hone that in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Does that answer the that question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying because, like, yeah. for for Jeff, when he's when know, I write a game, a I ha- I can't write what the characters are going to do. No, I you have No idea what they're going to do. All I can do is present them with a scenario and go, "All right, mm-hmm. let's see what you want to do." And sometimes they'll go, "Yeah, we want to go where you want to go," or sometimes they decide we're going to go in a different path. 
Yeah. Uh, example, I I run a monthly game for a bunch of guys, and I had kind of given them all the hints they needed to go one way, mm-hmm. but they looked at it from a video game perspective where it was like, you see warning signs, you want to go against the warning signs, and they went the way I didn't expect them to go. Naturally. And I was like, okay, this is this is fine. This is fine. This you is might perfect. die, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that picture of, like, there's somebody... And uh, I have, I have, there's a couple of like great visual jokes for the situation, but this is not a visual medium. Anyway, so there's a guy and he's basically got one arm like just sort of down on a picnic table, his head buried in his arm. And this other arm is pointing out entirely the other direction, giving a thumbs up. And it's like, when you see your party getting ready to do something really stupid. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much, I mean, I can't tell them, no, you can't go that way. I'm just going to go, all right, let's right. see what happens. Yep. I know it's over there. You don't. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think that's part of the um, D&D sort of experience mm-hmm. as a player. I know when I was starting, when I played D&D, it was not my prerogative to play by the rules. Like, I did not want to necessarily make it easy. You're right. anti-rules. I kind of wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I think uh, there's a little bit of that, uh, you know, the, the 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 pleasure that the players get out of the game yeah. by being able to think that way mm-hmm. and that that was my experience i might be like the worst player ever in the <laughs> dn uh, D, uh dn's no, worst nightmare but that's kind of the whole point is you can do what you want now understand that there's consequences for your actions oh so yeah many. you know you, oh, i've been punished multiple you, times it's not punishment <laughs> it's, uh, it's consequences they made my <laughs> character wear booty shorts <laughs> and walk around and swinging my hips every which way well, so the, i don't know if that's way. necessarily Put it this way i i have the uh the priest of the party has had an uh i'm pretty much a theological crisis mm-hmm. at this point wasn't there some sort of in-depth theological discussion yes, with a yeah, lich? Yes, they, they, they met a lich, and the lich had a very in-depth theological discussion with the priest and uh, pretty much told the priest, yeah, your god is a coward and ran away. Holy crap. And, and then the priest was like, and the, and the And he also said, hey, I became a lich because it was the only way to protect the people of this world. And actually made a very logical argument, and the priest was like, uh, what do I do with this information? I was like, well... You rolled very poorly on your inside check, so you believe every word this guy is saying right now. Whoa. <laughs> this combined with this the is fact messing that... with you. This is combined with the fact you haven't heard from your god since yeah. you the realm. This is Jake Jake Hayes, isn't it? No, it is another player in that same party, though. Oh my gosh! Because Jake is Jake's character is an atheist by nature. Jake just happened to miss this session, and I was so sad because I was like, Jake would have eaten. His character would have had so much fun with this part of the with this priest having this moment where he just. just Doubting out. his own faith and it's 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 a glory. So by them going in the wrong direction, it did create a really cool moment for this character to have this 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 epic revelation that everything he's believed in is he's kind of shaken to the core right now. Yeah, you and, know, Jake was easily one of my favorite episodes on the oh, show. Oh yeah, so far. Jake was great. Jake's and, a lot of fun. Yeah. and that they and and but he's and that's why I like having him in this party because he's helped some of these newer players figure out how to have those same kind of bring their characters to life like this the the guy who plays this one he's a lawyer in real life so he's playing this priest and he's actually become a really good voice and he likes having these discussions and debate and he thought surely i can take down a lich with my words and i'm like yeah this i made this lich super smart and super intelligent Mm -hmm. and they're like 
oh, we didn't expect that. And it's actually been the most helpful character they've mm-hmm. run across. And they're like, uh-huh. this is weird because everything else has tried to kill us. This is the only one that's given us, been helpful. Interesting. Like, I was like, yeah, because I was like, you guys all expected him to want to kill you. Right. <laughs> Interesting. So, didn't he rules lawyer something? Like he, he used his oh, real lawyer, yeah. lawyering to rules lawyer some such. Well, okay, so Jake's character is not super intelligent. He's, he's kind of dumb. And, uh, but he's very vocal, and he badmouthed the, the local government of a town. Mm-hmm. And he got him, he, he got to the point where they were about to get thrown into jail. Wow. <laughs> and uh, uh, Ander, the, the priest, said, can I speak with you a moment? And literally, <laughs> he gave a lawyer-like argument, and I said, all right, you know what? I'm going to give you a super advantage on this role. And they passed, and I was like, yeah, you're not going to be in trouble, but you guys are getting given stern warnings. And it was it was really good. I was like, you know what? You use your real life skills in the game, and I'll give you bonus points for it. It was impressive. It was so really- how do you feel about calling Jake right now? Uh, if you can get him on the phone, yeah. Uh, I'm going to get this guy on the horn right now. What time is it anyway? Who cares? <laughs> Joseph's like, hey, whatever. Oh Guys, yeah, this is this is this is me, man. This yeah, is, this I, is how, yeah. That's how I roll. That's how I roll. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we never introduced the fact that we wanted to be spooky today. We're oh, already yeah. spooky. Uh, yeah, it's Halloween thing. Well, oh. it's, it's also Faustober. Yeah, Faustober. Hey, happy birthday! Happy Faustober. Come on, come on, get on. Do you have like a, a light filter on there? I, you know, it's glitter. I don't. I was gonna say it looks very glittery. That I wasn't expecting. That on is this distinctly not Faustobery, sir. That's not spooky. Come on, Jake. Come on, Jake. Answer the phone. You know you want to talk to me. I think. <laughs> Jake, if you're listening. I really want you to pick up the phone. I have his number too, so I can always try him and see if he'll answer mine. Come on, come on, come on. I was gonna say. Everybody just spam him. Spam Everybody him. spam him. Where's Jacob? I don't think I have Jake's number. Come right. on, come 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 on. Like, I've why? got my new hoodie and everything. Such new hoodie. Much wow. I'm calling Much him. Much wow. <laughs> you know, what if I just hang up and keep recalling him until he does? He's gonna be like, why are you people like, bugging what is me? What's wrong with you? I'm gonna call him back. Okay. I'm calling him. Oh, it says he's in another call. Oh, maybe. he might be picking up. Oh, he picks up for you, but he doesn't pick up for me. Hello. Hey, hey! Jake. I'm offended. <laughs> we're 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 recording Hazar right now, and we decided to call you. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Joseph said uh, you were his favorite episode. We were reminiscing. Oh, no awesome. Yeah. Uh, I just now noticed I also have a bunch of missed. Oh no! Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not offended or anything. <laughs> oh, no. I'm a little butthurt actually. No, no, no! It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I, I call you. You don't pick up, and then Jeff calls. It's like, oh, hey, buddy, what's up? Uh, no, was, really, it's no, fine, my, Jake. My messenger is set to to mute because I have a thousand group chats going on. So oh, I know that story. I understand. It's no, all it's good. cool. I'm playing. Uh, however, I I want to talk to you about storytelling. Yeah. About what? Storytelling. Oh, okay. So, here's here's the here's the rub, right? Uh, so Jeff is living in a world of improvisation. Even as a DM, he's you know you're you're improving all the time. Uh, your and your right. your players are breaking your game, blah blah blah. <laughs> and then from my perspective, it's 
talent uh, from you know film and audio, video, things like that. You've got talent who are sort of trying to achieve the goal of the director. Uh, from your perspective, what do you think these two might have in common? Or what are your thoughts on being a good storyteller as a DM? Wow, that, that is a question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no questions. prep time either. <laughs> yeah, well, impromptu. So, I mean, okay, so thoughts on being a good storyteller for a DM uh, first, because that's actually something I can talk about off the top of my head. Um, I mean, for me, it's, it's more about listening. Um, I don't... There, there are times where players are absolutely are trying to wreck your world, but most of the time they're fleshing it out at the same time that you are. And to me, it's about listening to what they're saying and basically building the story around it instead of, instead of building the story for them, it's building the story around them. That way, no matter which direction they go, you're already ahead of it. Um, but, man, uh, in terms of <laughs> players trying to wreck the game versus actors trying to, to live up to the direction. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about actors or television, um, so I, I won't pretend to be like, it's the same thing. <laughs> the directors have to get in front of them and you know, build the story around you, but that's not how that works. This is where you're supposed um, to improv that answer <laughs> as, as a DM. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but no, I mean, I think everybody, when, when you're part of something that someone else created regardless of what that is that could be uh music that could be D D. it could be acting i think when you're a part of something that someone else has created it's only natural to try to find yourself and where you belong inside it and a good director or a good storyteller in general is going to know how to watch for the signs that people are trying to invest themselves into the product uh i said product sounds like some corporate spiel but um, yeah, I mean, when, when, when you're a part of something that somebody else created and you insert yourself into it, if the person who created it can continue to expand and grow on it because of the investment that you put in, I, I think that's the way the machine is supposed to work, you know? Man, okay, well, that's the whole show. I was um, say, that, that was, was super insightful, man. man. That's the whole, yeah. Okay, all right, guys, we're done. <laughs> we're, it's over. Great job, Jake. No, that, that was, was really great answer, that was dude. Really great, man. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> you make Joseph cry. You just brought us all down. I was just no, saying. Now not. I'm like, what am I gonna say <laughs> now? Kidding. No, you did you're, not you're bring us down. We're just pondering the immensity of this answer and like the quality of it. That was really right. great, Jake. Who hurt you? You were so insightful. <laughs> <laughs> who hurt you? I don't know, man. There's there's something about. Uh, the, the time that I discovered D&D and the people that I discovered it with, uh, I, I'm not really like a big social person in general. I like small groups of people, but I don't really like to go out and meet new people, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and just something about the time when I discovered D&D and, and the people that I discovered it with helped me to, um, I don't know, it, it, it's really impossible to not sound like a cliche talking about, it taught me to branch out, it taught me that I could be somebody different, but in reality, that's all it was. Um, it wasn't until I found the confidence in, in being somebody else that I was able to start finding the confidence in being myself, too. Wow. Um, oh, I'm feeling that all so, in my heart. 
Sorry? I said, I'm feeling that all in my heart. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I don't, I don't know. I think D&D or, or any, anything artistic, really, because I went through a, a similar uh, change or metamorphosis or whatever when I went to college and was in, like, my first actual band. Um, I don't know. There's something about, about genuinely creating stuff. And D&D is one of those things where no matter what seat you're in, you're, you're, you're creating anyway. You're creating the character. You're creating the way. I mean, being a character, if you're if you're serious about it, is is a lot of different layers. Mm-hmm. You you know who the character is in your head, but then you're balancing who the character is inside your own head with how that character should be perceived by other people, because some things have to be held back, and some things should be revealed, and some things shouldn't be revealed. And so, whether you're the DM and you're the one telling the story, or you're the you're the player and you're the one adding to it or telling your own story. I don't know. I feel like every single seat, no matter what, is is creating something, and that's just that's super cool to me. <laughs> that's so cool, dude. Wow. Hey, Jake. Yeah. Why is a vampire a good person to take out for meals? <laughs> Joseph, why you gotta? Why you got That was beautiful. <laughs> then you gotta do this why, joke business. Why is a vampire a good person to take out for meals? Because he eats next to nothing. Next. Next to nothing. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Happy Halloween, Jake. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Thank you for Thanks, rolling Jake. with it, man. I haven't heard that one before. Uh, I'll Sna- see you tomorrow, Jake. Bye, Jake. Bye, y'all. Bye, Jake. Bye. Bye. How the hell do I hang up this thing? Right there. Oh. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right, cool. Because your iPhone. Well, that, that was fun. I know. Well, that brought us. <laughs> I'm gonna need. No, it did well, not. It was just, I'm gonna he need was Jake so to... insightful. I just like you see, knowing him, him, and I'm like, how did that come out of you? <laughs> right, right. No, I need him to take it on the road. It needs to be a lecture series. Like I felt that all in my heart right there. That was beautiful. Yeah, so younger. I guess like he needs to be like an integral part of the show. We just call him up whenever we need something. <laughs> whenever we need something thoughtful or insightful, oh. we will reach out to Jake. Thoughtful, insight, ch- fact-checking. Fact-checking, <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I like right. how we're planning Jake's future on the show. Jake is not <laughs> Jake's no, has no voice. Full <laughs> disclosure, Jake did not know we were calling him. He just rolled beautifully and had yeah. all that like just inside him somewhere. One could argue we rolled a D... Uh, a nat 20 yes. yeah we did, yes, we did. Uh, yeah that yeah. was good that was oh. good <laughs> and you got a pun in on him too ah uh, yes next to nothing. funny part is next his character nothing. has been bitten by a vampire twice really <laughs> yes alan has been bitten twice on the third time he will be on the third time slave. he will be turned <laughs> oh snap <laughs> so it was a very appropriate joke for a jake <laughs> so maybe we had to talk about a little bit more about the storytelling thing that yeah we keep alluding so, to but how uh, are we gonna follow jake's beautifulness about no matter where you sit it's a creative oh, I endeavor i'm gonna I make a mockery i, I mean i mean no, yeah no. at this point i'm just gonna tell you what i know about how i tell stories and uh, mm-hmm. how i i mean so i know that you are gonna have everything kind of flushed all the way out from start to finish in your when you're writing your film for the most part for the most part, yeah. I mean, there will be a little bit of give for maybe some improvisation here and there. Right. Because but. the people that are going to be in my film, they are excellent improv artists. There you go. They, uh, as a matter of fact, one of the people in the show, or in the in the picture, he, um, gosh, easily one of the most imp- uh, talented people I know. 
Wow. He's a writer. He sent me one of his sketches the other day, and it's it was very funny. Uh, I, I I don't even know if I have permission to. Um, you know what? You know what? We're gonna Since call we're, him. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna call him now. But Joseph has no inhibitions. So he has uh, a hilarious personality to begin with. But we started on a 48-hour film project a handful of years ago. Oh, okay. Cool. And if there's one thing that I can speak to, it's um, it's writing something or... Uh, actually, no. Doing anything under a very, very tight deadline. Yeah. And the 48-hour film project was one of those exercises. So tight. I know people who have done that before. And it's, that sounds uh, really stressful. It's very intense. It's a lot of fun, though. I remember looking at a photo of myself finally sleeping. Like, while while the editor was editing, I had a chance to, like, fall asleep on a couch. Wow. I looked like a corpse. Oh, um, I imagine. I was pale and, and sweaty oh. and greasy looking. Oh, my I, gosh. I straight up thought I was dead. Um, let's give him a call. Let's give him a call and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, his name is Parker. Parker. Yep. Parker. He is a good friend of mine, and he may be on the show one day. He's a, a an avid D and D player. Ooh, Ooh, I'd like to have him. Let's give this a shot. Come on, Parker. He'll answer the phone, won't he? Parker. I hope he doesn't hate me. Jake uh, hates me. Come on, 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 come on. No pressure. No pressure, Parker. It's only the entire show on the line. <laughs> Although, really, I mean, he's... Your call has... Oh, voicemail. Answer the phone. Are you just going to spam this man? <laughs> no, I'm not going to spam him. I promise. I might send him, like, a silly gift, though. So where you allow a little bit of improv, my entire storytelling is based off of improv. So as, we, as we heard Jake say, it's a lot of call and response in, in uh, D&D. So mm-hmm. where I'll set a stage and I think, well, and I will pretty much have, this is where I would like them to eventually end up, but how they get there is kind of up to them. Mm-hmm. Like you know, in my, uh, in my campaign, we're running the adventure curse of Strahd, which is a typical vampire scenario. Ooh. It's pretty much, yeah, it's pretty much your stereotypical <laughs> They're trapped in the realm. They can't escape unless they kill the vampire. That's that's kind of the whole no plot. Out. So, ooh, ooh, <laughs> spooky. That's Halloween. Yeah. Wait, wait, Joseph. I'm going to need you to do that again so I can take a picture. Oh, okay. We're going to take a live picture in the middle of this podcast. Ah, this has gone off the rail. This is the worst episode we've ever recorded. <laughs> This is what happens when we take five or months off. <laughs> we're all out of practice. We don't know what we're doing anymore. But this is like a totally revamped version of the show. Yeah. Um, but I, I, so I was kind of listening. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's essentially I do call and response. Mm-hmm. I, I know where they're going to end up. Right. But they, how they get there is completely up to them. Mm-hmm. And they, have, they it, if they buy into where they're supposed to end up, they'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Like this group, they kind of figured out, okay, well, the only way they figured out early, the only way we're getting out of here is if we take down the big baddie. Mm-hmm. But they knew early on that they weren't going to be strong enough to do it right out of the gate. So they kind of got to explore his realm mm-hmm. to figure out how they can beat him. 
Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Isn't it kind of like they're on a speeding train and you're just sort of laying the tracks frantically in front of it, like as they kind of it go along? It sometimes feels that way. Yeah. Because I will prep a session thinking I know what's going to happen, and then they will decide not to do anything of what I thought they were going to do. So I'm just going to put those notes away and just kind of see where the night takes us. Hmm. Because I've got an outline, and it says all the key points that I need to know, but sometimes they ask about stuff that I don't have any information on, and I kind of got to make it up on the spot. What's mm-hmm. the fishing like in this area? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> or they want to talk to the one bar patron that you have no nothing written down because he was mm-hmm. just supposed to help set the aesthetic. Interesting. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be a key NPC, but they want to make him a key NPC. Well, you know, a lot of the actors um, will end up coming up with those answers sort of on their own based mm-hmm. on what they're already given. Right. Um, D&D players are, usually have to ask the DM these questions. Mm-hmm. But if an actor goes up to a pond and they are already working under the assumption that there's fish in this pond, mm-hmm. then they're going to act like there are fish in that pond and right. they're going to start tugging on the, the fishing line exactly. it, thinking that something's biting or if they're upset that maybe they're not biting that day, they're going to work with that. And so they kind of go in every direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's interesting when it comes to the DM and director and the actors and the players because they're all working under different mm, thought technology, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, training as an actor requires sort of a an, uh, an immersive mentality yeah. method actors we all know how that works yeah. you know when um a person becomes that subject or that character mm-hmm. but you look at other methods and you have meisner where they're trying to respond like the actor would in that moment based right. on all of the criteria and then Straussberg is going to be more go with the flow. Like whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. It's um, And that's a layman's way of putting it. But the storytelling element, I think, is similar. Yeah. Um, I think it is... How far out do you think? your uh storylines through like well how much of it is like you said improv? i know the end point to the grand story mm-hmm. but usually session to session is kind of like in this one it's a published adventure by wizards so i they've written out a mm-hmm. good story mm-hmm. but sometimes i have to fill in the blanks because uh players will go somewhere that the book doesn't cover and i have mm-hmm. to go okay well it's not in the book so i need to figure that out oh i liked your tell us your tip like you told me this tip one time I was like, man, you really came up with that innkeeper or whoever it was on the fly. And you said something about like for a character, you basically like you just need to know their two biggest motivations or something. Mm. And then you can improv all the other stuff. Yeah, pretty much. You need to know. Yeah. Well, I think that was a that might have actually been a Chad tip, but that I ripped off. Oh, I don't know. I'll give credit where credit is due. But you just need to know the two biggest motivations of a character and then you'll be all right. You know, Um, and then. But I was gonna go. Yeah, I plan out the big adventure where the where the the ultimate conflict or whatever what that is gonna be and how that's gonna happen. But then session to session just kind of depends on their choices from the previous session mm-hmm. where we're gonna go next. So, I think it's uh, I, I haven't talked about it very much, but when I've been writing scripts or stories or what have you, um, and throughout my life, 
a lot of the things that I've written about are things that I already know. Mm-hmm. Um, some themes or personal stories, like personal things that happen right. to me or just whatever. Um, do you incorporate any of that into your writing? Oh, well, I incorporated because I'm in a fantasy realm, I incorporate a lot of stuff that I've read. Okay. Or I, I think we talked about this in episode one. I'm not afraid to steal <laughs> because it's for my players. I don't care. Mm. I will steal from movies, TV shows, books I've read, comic books for all that matter. Mm. It doesn't matter where I see it. If I find, like an idea, I mean, I've gone to Reddit numerous times to go, I'm kind of stuck on where to go with this story. Mm-hmm. I'll go look and see what other people are doing and be like, all right, I'm going to take that idea and pocket that away for a right. later date. Or I'll be in a game and I'll see what one DM does and I'll be like, all right, that was cool. I'm going to pocket that one away for later and hopefully they'll forget. <laughs> but no, it, it's, uh, or I'll use life experience if I can, you know, if I can make something apply. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I write what you know. I don't try and come up with something out of the blue because usually it's not going to be near as good. Right. Well, you know, we've talked about it in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like the first episode. It, don't be afraid to bring things from other uh, IPs because it's it's good. And yeah. it, there's no harm in it. You're not like making say, money off of it. So no, no. It's, it's, it's your friends. Yeah, I'm not selling mm-hmm. anything. Or I'm, I was like, there's a reason some of these books have been around for as long as they have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, one of the, um, and go, you know, going back to sort of the way that I write, but... I wrote a story about working in a coffee shop because I was working in a coffee shop. And there you go. (laughs) And it was this whole culmination of uh, the character being in a bad relationship at the time, which I was, and sort of like making the decisions at the time that Mm -hmm. I probably should have made. Right. but But I never did make those right decisions. So instead, in that story, I was writing the character as sort of me but making the choices that he should have made because obviously that wasn't happening in the real world. Right. Um, and I think, I wonder, I'm curious to know if there was a way to like do a survey. How many people play characters in D&D or any role-playing game as an extension of themselves, but like kind of like their ideal versions of themselves? I would say at least in the first games, that's mm-hmm. very true. I know in in mine that that's that's yeah. that's what I did. Yeah, I, and I think that's I think that's realistic. Yeah, mm. you play you play something that your idealistic version of yourself, whether it's the the super noble hero that's willing to lay his life down mm-hmm. for the for yeah. the big. I'm always interested to see people's very first character because, like you said, it's either like kind of an idealized version of yourself, or maybe it's something that you feel like you never could be I was say, but it would be so cool like you have and you have this opportunity of yourself just yeah. to get you know get completely out of it i saw it was, sorry, yeah. i saw yeah. this great meme and it was like everybody's first you know uh pc it and it was something like um uh, i am a paladin whose quest is to avenge the death of my father mm. and then it's like by the time you create your fourth character you're like i'm a mountain biking vampire witch from the future yeah. <laughs> like just you just by go the, completely yeah, crazy by the no, time no, you're... No, but the first character usually i would say yeah. is probably either an extension of yourself or something completely different yeah from it's either yourself. the closest to you or the very farthest away I we're think. we're all one bad breakup from being taylor swift yeah <laughs> <laughs> That, there you go. I mean, think about it. Like, yeah. we're all just one bad breakup from writing a love song about some person that dumped us. Are you talking about like all of us individually, or all of us sitting here in this moment? I'm talking about me. It, I'm uh, just talking about it's me. Like, just, 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 me just me. No, well, no, you're totally right, though. <laughs> talking about characters, mm-hmm. 
you 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 write your characters and you kind of know what their motivations are before the actors see them. So, uh, so or do the actors bring something to those characters? Well, for total clarity here uh, and transparency, the the film that I'm working on now mm-hmm. is actually based on a script that someone else had written okay. for my 48 hour film project. Okay, but they had given me permission to create this. And I had called them and I said, hey, like, we're looking at making this into a feature or, or even just a bigger short film. Right. And one of the two, and, they, and my friend was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know I don't, you don't mind. You, you know I don't care. Right. And so I, I have been transforming the original IP into a much bigger original IP. Cool. And so these characters are going to have way more uh, complex things that they're dealing with right. and I'm, i mean you're looking at i think i'm if i had to guess and i know i haven't written the whole feature but we're looking at like trust issues mm. and paranoia mm. and like all these weird things that people like i know that i deal with these things oh uh, yeah there, there is no uh I, I'm, these are very real yeah and yeah, so maybe. putting that in the character and writing them to uh to sort of solve that problem for right. you uh, have you ever seen the movie um, Saving Mr. Banks? Uh, no, I heard I, about it. I never got no, around I to seeing yeah, it. I don't, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I actually saw it, but I heard really, really good things about it. Okay, mm-hmm. so what often happens with any story that is based on a true story, and they go to these people and say, hey, like, what do you think of us writing, you know, making that movie about your life or what have you? Uh, oftentimes, the people are pretty resistant and what ends up happening is there, there's this dramatization of their life in, in the motion picture. Mm-hmm. But one of the ways that, um, that was sort of broken down for me by watching that movie Saving Mr. Banks is it's not about dra- dramatizing. Mm-hmm. It's more or less writing the story to, uh, to sort of tie up the loose end of the real life story. Okay. Because oftentimes, you know, they're, I mean, it's life, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But in this movie, there has to be an ending. And, and you want it to be nice. Or, well, or, well or satisfactory. Even, or, yeah, or even closure. You or just want something. closure, yeah. Yeah. And so I've, I have taken that pretty much verbatim. Right. And I've tried to incorporate that, but I've also been a big fan of fantasy my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so the film that I'm working on is a little culmination of both that fantasy element and that personal Taylor Swifty, yeah, <laughs> very cool, gotcha. element at the same time. But yeah, so as the director, though, you have more control over the characters and how they, what they think, and how their their behaviors. Yeah, to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas D and D players have complete control over their characters, and they usually end up writing the backstories for their characters. I may help them and give them advice. Say, hey, FYI, this world has this or your god to, you know whatever but for the most part that they're, how their characters act and behave that's all on them right as like just you know i have nothing no control over that so i'm kind of at the their mercy when it comes to their characters yeah absolutely so that's that's an that's something that is just different and unique to gaming whereas you know when you're writing a script you, and I, I i can say this because i wrote scripts in college you know, I kind of had pretty much control over the characters. The actors may have said 
what about this and what about this? And I say, I'll take it under advisement, but it doesn't mean that's going to make it into the final run. But no. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, even uh, actors don't read a script and read it verbatim. No. I mean, you can go online on Facebook and they have these script to screen videos all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, there's this great scene with Matthew McConaughey and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah. And he's sitting there, like, doing this, like, like beating on his chest and humming thing that he like for some it's weird it, yeah. make, it makes you a little uncomfortable because it's like <laughs> doing it in a restaurant why and yeah and he's like, mm, like <laughs> this weird thing. and what ended up happening was martin scorsese kept that in the picture because matthew, uh, matthew mcconaughey was doing his thing turns out that's what what he does to like warm up huh. as oh, an yeah. actor and they kept it in the the film because it just matched so well. And Leonardo DiCaprio, if you watch the film, he looks off camera and looks at Martin Scorsese, and Scorsese like gives him approval, like just go with it, like Let's go see with it. And and they kept it. There you go. Because sometimes you just have to. You have to trust. There's a trust there. Very much so. Because yes, I mean, they're thing. they're artists too, and you know. That's now, like the jar of dirt thing with Johnny Depp. Sorry to interrupt. Yes, <laughs> I love the jar of dirt. Uh, I've got a job. <laughs> well, did you know they had no idea what was going? Like um, Orlando Bloom and who's who's the girl? The the lady uh, who plays Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Knightley. Thank yeah. you. Um, they actually weren't even really sure they were still filming. So if you look at them in the background, they're like, uh, like they mm-hmm. just have these really weird looks on their faces. Like, are, what's say, happening? Nope. <laughs> yeah, he had way too much fun with that role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, there. I I do agree. It's a trust thing and. I don't think you can trust D&D players as often, though. No, because they are going to come up with some crazy stuff. Uh-huh. That's why I do encourage that, you know, as a DM, I have to work with them when they're creating their characters for the first time and say, okay, what are you bringing to the table just so I can make sure that you're not going to go way too off the beaten path. But, right. you know, I, I've been blessed to have players who are not going to go super crazy. And I have a lot of new players. So this is their first character. So this has been a lot of fun for them so mm-hmm. to see the characters they bring and how their characters have evolved. Cause this campaign has been going for almost two years now. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's, they started out one way and now they're completely different. I got some that have started to really come out of their shells. It's kind of fun, but I, okay. So question, how do you, from a storytelling perspective, how do you make a story last two years? Well, uh, hey, we only meet once a month, so yeah, that, that, that's part of, the, part of the year. <laughs> you got some the, time. The other, time, the other thing is just it, it's kind of been mostly them. They've decided to ex- really explore this world and take their time with the, with the campaign because, in theory, they could have power gamed this for, for, ter- for a term and, and just kind of rushed through the story, And but they're really getting invested in the characters they meet. They're... I've got some of them because it is a horror themed campaign. They've got some of them so paranoid that they they're super cautious when they go places. They're, I mean, it's it's really kind of fun to see their characters have adapted to this world and become. Some of them are adapting well, and some of them are starting to doubt their own faith, and it's been it's really it. kind of it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Oh yeah. I don't know if I could. I could. I. I'll, I know. I. I know. I couldn't do a D and D campaign for two years. That, yeah, that's hard. Uh, it's again. It, it's it's been a it's been a, a labor of love though because I enjoy the guys I play with mm. and you know we're all willing to make it work. So that that's that's the real real thing about it. What? So I don't think we've talked about it though because when it 
when we talk about D&D, we talk right. about the characters, we right. talk about the making of it yep. and running the campaign, mm-hmm. we talk about etiquette and yeah, all these yeah. different things. But, but do you love the story more or do you love the role playing more hmm. or what is the actual thing that lights your fire when you play this game? Uh, well, it, 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 there's a condition on this one. Yeah. And I'll t- tell you, it depends on what side of the table I'm on, what, what part of it I like. Is there? there? Yeah, fix the pop filter. There you go. Maybe. There you go. Better? Push it a little closer. There you go. Push it. There All right. Go. Can you hear Push me now? Much better. All right. Yeah, so it depends on what side of the table I'm on. If I am the GM, I will love telling the story because I usually will find a campaign I'm very excited to run, whether it's a published one or something I've written. And that's, I get to share it with people and they get to experience the world that I'm running. If I'm a player, it's more about the experience with the group. It's, 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 you know, I get to bring one little character. That's all I have. And he gets to interact with everybody else. And hopefully we all jive together and, we come together to create this epic party or we have our own issues we have to work out and that, that can be fun too or it can be tentious but mm. it's it's really in the grand scheme of things it's about getting together and telling a fun story mm. whatever that story may be it mm. may be a journey of self-discovery or we may be taking down the demon that wants to ruin the world today mm-hmm. but it's a story as long as it's a good story at the end, I don't care. <laughs> and what qualifies as a good story in, in your book? Like, what would make it... Uh, what's, where's the sweet spot? Well, uh, it's about the characters. To be honest, it all boils down to those characters. Did they... A, did they accomplish their goal? Whatever that goal may be. Because every character has a different goal. And was there any character development? Did the characters progress? Just like any good movie or I think we were talking about, we were talking about Suits and the character Lewis Lit. Lewis, who I think still had the best story arc in that entire show. Um, but if you had, he had character growth and that's what made his story stick out amongst the rest is he grew the most out of all the characters. Mm-hmm. And I think, I can t- see at my table which characters are starting to grow and those are the characters I want to spend more time with because I'm like they're really starting to show differences like the cleric he's having this existential crisis I was like I kind of want to spend more time here because this is a big moment for him mm-hmm. what's this character going to do here this character can stay with his faith and say no everything's going to be fine or he can abandon here and everybody kind of has a turn. Yeah, yeah. Like, every like, every yeah. character gets their moment. I yeah. try. That's that's the big thing about the DM. You have to make sure every character has their moment. But when they when that moment appears, you've got to be ready to. Okay, this has got to become a focus now. This has got to become a key point in this campaign because that can make or break it for this character. So, Jocelyn, what is the sweet spot for you? And what element do you love most? Like, what what is the part that actually, like that you sink your teeth in? Um, well, I am a player primarily. I've only ever DM'd like one time, so I can't really speak to the DM side of it. Although I did enjoy like telling that particular story. Uh, anyway, as a player, I think 
for me it's the role play but most specifically the role play that happens like not only when like so if my character and another character are interacting not just that interaction but when you discover something about your own character like i gotta quit saying like <laughs> i'm gonna need you to cut that out new so. crutch word <laughs> um so my very first character the Lirwin, i just i found out in the middle of the story that she had anger issues because there had been like several interactions in a row where things had not gone at, to plan at all she had tried to be friendly she tried to talk to people and everybody without fail attacked her right away and so Galeria, it's so like you know what she has anger issues she's no good at talking to people she grew up out in the woods mm-hmm. we don't know so i really like it when i discover things about my own character that i didn't necessarily know or think about and when i can see other people discover that about their characters what parker is here parker, Hi, parker. <laughs> So, Parker, we're talking about storytelling in Dungeons & Dragons, and you are uh, one of the uh, main faces for Dungeons & Flagons, or were, and I want you to sort of help us do this. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, so here, uh, what did I ask Jake a little while ago? I've already forgotten. Oh, gosh. Oh, dear. I don't remember either. We were talking about storytelling in D&D. Well, we were talking about storytelling uh, with a movie you, versus well, storytelling. You, in, uh, you asked him this huge, long, like, four questions yeah. in I, one. Uh, so basically, here's your essay question, right? <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I need you to just uh, sort of describe what it's like to be a good storyteller in D&D. And when it comes to uh, your experience is mostly in, like, improv and stuff. So we've been talking. Yeah, I used to DM as well. Used to DM? Uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. So, um, yeah, it depends. Uh, typically, for myself, I think of a like really fun scenario. Sorry, I'm actually looking at a deer right now. <laughs> like, a what? A deer? Uh, a deer? Yeah, I'm in South Carolina. Oh, okay. Right, so, so normally, uh, it normally depends on what what is given to me for the background, because I like to incorporate uh, stuff that people put in their backstory, like someone says they're really connected to their father and, like, they haven't talked to them in a while, I'll go through that. I'll, I made a secret note one time that uh, roped in their parents into, like, this secret society and left them a whole bunch of hidden clues with that. Um, but, I mean, if you're going to tell a story, go write a book. But if you want to go play a game, go play Monopoly. I mean... Ah. That's the best part about the best part about Dungeons and Dragons. It's a combination of both, but it, like at the same time, it's it's none of those things really together. But it's it's honestly just are your are your players having a good time? Yeah, that's all that really matters. Dang, D and D beyond the rules, bro. All right yeah. then. Perfect. Dude. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I've come up with like really weird ass shit. <laughs> My players were like, fuck yeah. Uh, I had a a pirate rat god that uh, basically had like dragons and shit, and they're all like level four or some dumb shit. Yeah. They're like, they're just like, how do we fuck up everything possible? I'm like, well, (laughs) strap in, folks. 
<laughs> Buckle up, Buttercup. Yep. Well, it's, it looks like we're going. It looks like we're going chaotic evil, assholes. <laughs> oh no! So after they, uh, after they become, became like best friends with a necromancer and like brought a flesh golem back to life. Whoa, dude! That's when they kind of. That's when they kind of realized, like, hey, we may be the bad guys. I was like, you're starting to realize that after you know. You like basically murdered everyone on that boat. Took over <laughs> there. Oh, he was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they call that a murder hobo? Yeah. Yes. That, that is. That's true. Is, that's what it is. That's, that's the, the definition. The, the technical term, the trade terminology here. Yeah. Trademark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We in the industry call that <laughs> really. I feel like a lot of parties have that moment where they question, wait. Are are we the bad guys? Like yeah. you've done ten terrible things right. in a row. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, it's 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 so fucking fun to just brutally murder somebody. It's so fun. <laughs> Whoa! In, like, in, uh, in, yeah. in the in the in the game, right? <laughs> oh yeah, guys, totally. <laughs> He's like, uh, did I forget to mention that part? <laughs> yeah, I forget to mention we are still talking about D and D. Yeah. We at Huzzah do not uh, advocate like last, brutal murder. So you said you're in South Carolina. Yeah, I am. Why? What's in South Like, nothing <laughs> is there. What are you doing there? Man. Uh, I'm helping my parents fix up uh, some rental homes for uh, breast cancer awareness month. Oh, yeah, there you Don't go. Don't you okay. feel awful, I feel like Joseph? An awful wow. Person. No, no, it's okay. You're an asshole, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, doing that. Thanks, Parker. Yeah, thanks. Later. Later. Bye. See, this is what I do. I replace all of my wisdom with other people's wisdom. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a good question. Let me call a friend. <laughs> Allow me to phone a friend. Apparently, Joseph has unlimited I, phone of friends. I write so many. Can <laughs> I backtrack a little and add to my answer? I guess. About, yes. yes. No, I rudely. No, Parker rudely interrupted <laughs> yes, our Parker. conversation. Well, no, I kind of thought of another thing while we were having the Parker conversation. So Go it ahead. Was, it was really a benefit, a bonus, if you will. <laughs> a um, bonus. So I said that I liked when I discover things about my character that I hadn't really thought about, or when I see a friend discover things about their character that they hadn't thought about. There's also an element of secret goings on. Mm which I hadn't really experienced in my first long-term campaign, but in my second long-term campaign, the one I'm currently in, there's been some, uh, it's not really like under the table exactly, but some interaction going on outside of the game that makes it more real. Like for example, my character and another character, um, the, the player who plays this other character uh, texted me and was like, hey, you know, 
did you, he asked some specifics about something my character had done. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, I did this and that and the other. And he's like, I think my character is really looking up to your character. So we, we developed this whole sideline. Yeah. So I like the, the extra stuff that you can do to kind of enhance your in-game moment. Because yep. in reality, even if, you know, you make your you can only fit so much game time in. Mm-hmm. Even if mm-hmm. it's an eight-hour game, there's going to be stuff that, mm-hmm. or session, rather, yep. there's going to be stuff that you can't work in there. And I like the, like, you know, the texting and, like, my character's been writing letters. So, oh, wow. so like, my DM is now in possession of all these letters my character's written to her family. <laughs> so D&D players would make excellent improv actors. That's yes. what we've basically boiled this whole show it's down what to. It's pretty D&D, much math and that's improv. What, that's what's yeah, happening. D&D is, is improv. At its core. An improv asylum of D&D characters. Yeah. Yes. Where, yes. yeah, you, your, you your players, your improv players are pretty much put in the worst case scenarios every time. And tortured. Good luck. And Yeah, whatnot. pretty much, pretty much. It, it's either emotional, oh. mental, or physical. Com- yeah, comedically, <laughs> horrifically. I mean. All of it. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Sometimes you Because you, you will you... sit there and I will give them as many clues that this is not what you want to do and they will they'll, insist they'll do on doing it. Nice. And I, they've even picked up, oh, he's trying to tell us something. Eh, we'll do it anyway. <laughs> I'm like, guys, come on. I can't make it any more clear that this is not something you should do. <laughs> so, Jocelyn. Yes, Jocelyn. What did we do today? We talked a lot we Sometimes in a spooky fashion. <laughs> Not spooky enough. Not spooky enough. We need enough. one more spooky thing. Anybody got spooky. something spooky? Maybe a spooky pun? I, I, I mean, Joseph's vampire spooky pun is going to be really difficult to live up to. There's the other one I gave you before the show. Mm, well, you should give it again because I don't remember. Oh, I got to go find it again. Oh, no. I, I, I lost it. it was... I, I got you. I got you. You got okay. me? Why didn't the skeleton go to the party? I don't know why. He had no body to dance with. Ah. Ah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm all about the puns. Jeff uh, does not like them. I, I can tolerate them. I enjoy a good one, but a lot of them are just too cheesy. So is that the show, everybody? I think so. I think so. That's it feels good. That's the show. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll be back. Jeff, where can they find you and Jocelyn? You can find ah. us at The Geek Renaissance without the E on Twitter. Yeah, because there's not enough. There's letters. not enough letters, even though you're you you can put a message in there for 240 characters. And uh, then uh, we're on YouTube. Uh, just search the Geek Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And then where else are we? You got uh, the Instagram. We're on Instagram. Yep. Yeah, you you kind of keep the Instagram up. Is that the Geek Renaissance Instagram, as well? Twitter. Yeah, we have a Geek Renaissance one. Mm-hmm. And then we do. I know we're we on. We have Facebook. an email. We have an email, but. We don't check it, so. No, don't say that. We're getting better about checking it. Uh, along with this revamping and rebooting of the show, we will yes. now be checking our emails regularly. But, uh, but Twitter, Twitter, Instagram email. are probably the best places because that's where we'll see stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And then uh, Joseph. Yes, Joseph. All right, let's do this. Are you ready? I'm, I'm take, ready. I'm taking over. Do it. Go for All it. right, so if you guys want to hear your favorite topics from D&D be discussed on Huzzah, D&D Beyond the Rules, you need to go on iTunes, search Huzzah, D&D Beyond the Rules, and leave a review with your favorite topic in the review with five stars. Anything less than five stars, we're not even going to look at it. Don't even <laughs> bother unless you just want to leave us four stars for no reason whatsoever. It needs to be five stars and up. It actually doesn't go higher than that. But <laughs> leave your favorite topics on iTunes, five stars. 
no matter what, and we will cover it. Yeah. Guaranteed promise. For sure. And you want to go to patreon.com slash bookshop media to support this show and the two great people that work so hard to make this show amazing for your Three ears. People. Why aren't you counting yourself? Yeah, I was going to say, Joseph works pretty hard too. Oh, right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, nah, no, it's mostly these two. So here's the deal. You need to go on Patreon. That way these guys can be motivated to keep doing this with us. And not only that, but you get awesome bonus after show content only uh, on Patreon for your for your ear holes, and sometimes they may even reveal what we're covering the next month. Maybe you never know; it could happen. You might and find out what was, they're going to talk about next month. And as you found out tonight, you don't know who's going to show up because we may decide to call random people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this show is evolving. <laughs> it is. It's out of our control. Also, you should share us with everybody. Very much so. All right, so that is the show. That's it. Thanks, guys. Uh, and one um, big. Huzzah! Huzzah!